I'm Alex Kappelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode 21, the Charlotte Hornets, and we have Van Newkirk. Uh, He's a staff writer at The Atlantic where he covers politics and policy. He's a huge Hornets fan, Um, so let's get right to it with the Hornets. So I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, so I was actually born the same year the Hornets uh, started playing basketball. And so, yeah, there was no way I was going to be anything other than a Hornets fan in my life. Um, I remember some of the earliest good teams, and I remember the bad teams. I remember the team being sold uh, to New Orleans, and I remember it coming back, and we had the Bobcat years, and now we're the Hornets again. So, yeah, I've been a lifelong fan, um, and it's as close as you can tie a lifetime to uh, fanhood as possible, I think. Hmm. So when I think of the Hornets, I think of Muggsy Bogues and I think of Larry Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. Those beautiful uniforms. Um, But then like, uh, then, you know, like you said, they went to New Orleans. Um, Like, how did you decide to not become a a New Orleans Hornets fan? Like why, like, and you know, why are you not a a Pelicans fan right now? And and you're instead Uh a Hornets fan. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the sale was so bitter. Um, and, you know, I, I cried when they left. You know, really? was, I remember them. them they they uh, blew up their old arena, and I watched it. And like all the old old Hornets fans watched it. Um, we'd been through a lot, and there was no way anybody who loved that team. Um, and if you ever follow the politics of it, the reason they were sold was just you know so political and against the fans there was some friction with the owner and um the political leaders of the city and the owner had been through some uh his own controversies um i'm being very vague because i don't remember it but yeah. also there was the uh, incident where um you had david wesley the accident all that stuff just- oh he got into a car he was driving drunk is that what it was well, they were racing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Um, so that happened a couple of years before the sale, but it was just sort of from then on, it was a, a bad cloud around the team, you know? Um, and yeah, after that, after the owner, uh, Shin, he decided to go to New Orleans. It was just so acrimonious. Um, I remember people, that was one of those people were burning their jersey situations. So oh, I never really? burned my jerseys because I was always praying they were going to come back. And they did. Right. Well, well, yeah, kind of. Like, so it's it's interesting that you frame it like that, right? Because it was, I mean, they came back, but it was a to- it's a totally new team, right? It was like an expansion team and, and uh, they came back. So like when they did come back, though, like what was your reaction to that? Uh, everybody was just kind of mad about the Bobcats. Like, really? uh, yeah. I don't know if there was a whole lot of excitement about it. It was kind of like they were never really good. They had that one playoff season. Um, it was they were owned by Bob Johnson when they first came, the the ex owner of BET, and he was never, I think, beloved by the fans in the city. They were just so awful, and they had a knack for finding really good players who went on to be really good for other teams. Um, and so, yeah, they, they would draft and trade for these guys who would be like bums and then they would go and ball out. Like we had Tyson Chandler yeah. and 
They had no idea what to do with Tyson Chandler, and he goes and, like, becomes Tyson Chandler. So, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Um, and that's that team started the age-old Charlotte tradition of drafting every single college player who played in North Carolina to play ball, regardless <laughs> of how good they are or not. So, yeah. You got Adam Morrison, who wasn't, uh, you know, who wasn't a... Uh... We don't talk about Adam Morrison anymore. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Uh, like Sean May. You ever seen Sean May play NBA basketball? Yeah. Like, yeah, I forgot about Sean May. I forgot about Sean May. Um, yeah, we got lots of cats. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, so like, if, if I'm sitting down to watch a game right now, though, like, like I mean, you're trying to, like, so far I'm not quite feeling the Charlotte Hornet love, but, like, if I'm about to sit down and watch a Hornets game, like, am I going to, am I going to watch an entertaining game? Uh, this year you are. Um, it, it's been a long time coming, but I think this year you're going to really get something nice. We got, uh, Kimba, who I love. Yeah, he's, I really like year. him. He's like a little he, firecracker. Know, he deserved his first all-star nod. We got, I think Dwight's going to be really good, actually. Oh, yeah, I forgot um, you had Dwight Howard. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's not been that great the last couple of years, but I think he's motivated now. Um, and he's back with Steve Clifford, who was his, uh, who was an assistant coach for Orlando. So, you know, I'm excited about that. And we got Malik Monk, the rookie, and I I think he's going to be rookie of the year. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I think I get some – and the way they play ball, it was kind of under the radar last year, but the Hornets were really up there in terms of the three-pointers attempted, um, three-pointers made in the pace of their game. They play really fast. They play – almost uh, something similar, something between they can't really put up the kind of Golden State lineups um, to play Golden State Warrior basketball, but I say something similar to like the Trailblazers, yeah. Hmm. The really fast-paced, three-heavy, really offensive game. Oh, it's funny because, you know, I think about the Hornets and I think about uh, Michael K. Gildchrist, you know, who is just like this defensive stalwart. Um, and uh, it's it's I think of like them as a hard-nosed team, not as like a, you know, run-and-gun type of team. Yeah, so the identity's really changed. Um, <laughs> MKG is not really sort of the heart and soul of the team anymore. I think it's Kimba, and Kimba, <laughs> he quietly, people don't realize this, Kimba was, you know, basically had a similar season to like a Damian Lillard last season. Really? He, he had career highs in threes. He was really up there in threes made and attempted at really good percentages, and his game and the game of him and Lamb and, and all everybody was just all space. It was four out, one in. Everybody taking threes. And yeah, MKG being the one who can't take threes kind of uh, drags a little bit on that game. But like you said, he is the one sort of really reliable defender. Right. Okay. So that's on the court. Um, off the court stuff like, you know, Michael Jordan owns the team uh he's he's kind of an interesting <laughs> interesting dude to say the least like what do you what is how do you feel about michael jordan owning the, owning the team i like michael owning the team it, it took a little while to get used to especially after he came from the wizards um and did so many wizardish things there and <laughs> yeah. did so many his first moves when he came to charlotte weren't that great either but um now he's got you know good general manager cho um and uh, I think he's doing really well as far as owners go. Uh, more hands-on owners, uh, they don't—they kind of have mixed track records in the NBA, and Michael's one of them. But uh, I think he does have a plan, and also we're going to have Jordan jerseys this season. So, yeah, 
the Hornets already have the coolest jersey in league history, and now we got Jordan Hornets jerseys, and I will be getting several of those. Wait, wait, what do you, what do you mean Jordan Jordan Hornets jerseys? So we're going to be wearing Jordan brand jerseys. One of oh. the first teams to wear Jordan brand jerseys in the NBA. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, you know. What weird thing would surprise me? About the Hornets? Or like hmm. what? Like what's like a big draw? Like you got the Jordan jerseys in there. Like hmm. we can go uh, We can go mascot. We can go like we, like players' Instagrams. We could go like who are they dating? You know, like. Okay, could, so yeah. there are. Two Hornets mascots. People don't realize this. Uh, so one is the sort of, you know, you you got the, the Hornet, right? right? Hugo. Hugo the Hornet. Mm-hmm. And he's this, you know, bumbling type of, he looks like a bee, like a little purple and, and uh, teal bee. But we also have another mascot called Super Hugo. And Super Hugo is Hugo's, uh, his, his alter ego. He is the... He was one of the old-time sort of dunk mascots in the NBA. So Super Hugo is like a big muscle-bound, kind of hornety guy who does all the dunks at halftime. And Super Hugo, actually, I played one-on-one versus Super Hugo. Really? I was, <laughs> yeah, when I was nine years old. Wait, wait, hold on. You played one-on-one versus the mascot Super Hugo or versus the yes. guy who is now the mascot, like when you were both Versus men? the mascot Super Hugo. <laughs> okay. I was chosen in the game to play uh, one-on-one versus Hugo, Super Hugo. Really? So what happened? Um, I mean, he let me win, but it That's was... Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I can really ball, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he let me win. Um, and I got a nice little take home basketball. But yeah, Super Hugo. All right. Cool. All right. Super Hugo sounds cool. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, and uh, when we get back, uh, Van is going to give his final pitch to me. This is Betsy O'Donovan recording from North Carolina, home of the Charlotte Hornets, and more interestingly, the Charlotte Sting. The decision is sponsored by Alex's Twitter feed, at Alex Kappelman. That's the best way to continue the conversation, make an argument for him to follow your favorite team, or just to yell at him, like, for example, about why he isn't doing this with the WNBA. That's at Alex Kappelman. Back to the show. All right, Van, here we go. Uh... I like the Super Hugo thing. Um, I'd love to, to, you know, take, you know, my future child there to, to play one-on-one with him. Um, I like how they're kind of like at the forefront of basketball fashion. And I'm actually really, I didn't, I didn't realize that they were such an interesting basketball team. Uh, so I don't know. I still feel like there's like something that like that's just kind of missing. Like, is like, what's your, like, is there like one final argument that could potentially push me over the top and like send me down to Charlotte a few times a year to just start watching some games? I think the Charlotte Hornets are the coolest team in league history, right? I I believe this. And anybody who's watched the team will tell you no other team has had, you got Kyrie doing uncle Drew thing. That that's, that's played out. We had grandma, (laughs) mom. <laughs> LJ, back no in other the day. team has had Grandma Ma being the, you know doing the, the commercials in Hornet teal shoes. They didn't, you know, and we also have the, the best fashion, like you said. We got the best colorways, I definitely think, in the league. The best sneakers come from Hornets players because of that teal and purple colorway. The only reason to buy a starter jacket in 2017 is if you're getting the Hornet starter jacket. To be honest, oh, that's a good point. 
They are pretty yeah. good. They're pretty good. Looking. We made starter jackets hot. <laughs> and you you see people around who've never seen a Charlotte Hornets game. They wear Hornets starter jackets. And I think the one final thing, the only team to have two players on the Monstars in Space Jam. <laughs> that might be the greatest single point anyone has made so far. That's that. Muggsy Bogues yeah. and Larry Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow, and they that's... played against a team owner. Boom. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Van Newkirk uh, is staff writer at The Atlantic, where he covers politics and policy. Uh, you can catch him on Twitter at Five Fifths. Um, Van, thanks for, thanks for taking time to do this. Oh, no. Thanks for having me. The Decision is produced by me. Original music from Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and my little brother, Scott Kappelman. I'll be releasing five new episodes of the show every weekday until Tuesday, October 17th, when I release the final episode with my decision. Until then, come on, Alex Kappelman on Twitter. Follow me. I don't understand why you haven't followed me yet. At Alex Kappelman on Twitter. Follow me. Thank you. <laughs>